Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your host, Mackenzie, and today, lovely, lovely, lovely Ben and I are giving you some of the highlights that have recently come out of Twitter and Twitter 2.0. You'll soon find out what that is. And we also talk about the five reasons why you would need a social media manager. I know a lot of people always ask us, well, what's the point? Why do I need one? Well, you know what? Today we're bringing it to you. Hope you enjoy the episode and let's get right into it. Lovely, lovely Ben. How are you? I'm living large. How are you doing? I'm very good this week because, you know, there's more lovely social media news that is all surrounding Elon Musk and Twitter. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Honestly, you'll never get bored because he's trolling people. He is just constantly in the news. And honestly, I kind of miss all the chaos that is Instagram just because I'm kind of sick and tired of just the only news being about Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is we are due for some some IG stuff soon, but the Twitter stuff is quite interesting. It is. But let's get started with Flix tips. Mm. Mm. Flix tips. Oh, look at that dance move. <laughs> I had to bust it out for the people. But I guess I can't even see, which is tough. But you guys missed out on a seriously good dance move. So the Flix tip for this week is to do with captions. And so on social, especially for short form, captions have become almost a necessity. And then people have taken it to another level where they start to caption each word individually. And the reason for doing that is because people can read a lot faster that way and it keeps them far more engaged. Biggest problem with that is that it takes so much time to caption word by word by word and then cut it and line it up. It's a logistical nightmare. And so we were doing that and we wanted that look. And so we found a way to do that through a tool called Descript. So Descript is a tool that does multiple different things, but one of them is captioning your content. And so you can go into the caption settings and it will automatically listen to what you say and then create the captions like, like a lot of other tools, but you can change the formatting of it so that it does single word. So it will actually do that for you. And then from there, all you have to do is change where you want it positioned and then the font and color and stuff like that. But it saves you like 95% of the work. So like, I'm talking hours and hours of work yeah. over the <laughs> over the course of any videos. When we when we discovered that, I was so happy because it was so much, <laughs> so much time saved. So if you want that look, which a lot of people really do, that's the fastest way by far that I've come across. Yeah, as somebody who is well known for making life harder on herself, this is definitely time saving and it's just a wonderful to- tool that you should definitely use. Yeah, absolutely. And they've actually just did an update as well that uh, is really, really cool to make it even more sophisticated. So not just for the captions, they've got more for you too. Yay. Well, everybody, we will link that in the show notes. So please go check it out and explore it. It's definitely a good tool to have in your arsenal. I feel like we should just maybe touch upon Twitter just because we did an episode last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember now, about everything that was happening at Twitter. So just to give a general update for those people who are avoiding all of this, we'll just touch upon it really quick. Recently, I think as of last week, Elon tweeted about the next steps and basically Twitter 2.0 and exactly what he had planned on for Twitter. Yeah. And for me, when he was like doing the pitch deck, it didn't seem that well explored Okay. unless I'm just, I mean, he's a lot smarter than me. He owns a lot of companies. He makes a lot more money than I ever will. But for me, I was just like, I kind of wanted something more when he was talking about this grand unveiling of what the next step of Twitter is going to be. And basically his pitch deck 
for, he said, slides for my Twitter company talk. So there was one, two, three, four, five. There were six things. So okay. the first one is advertising as entertainment. So because obviously ad spend is down, they want people to spend money on advertising. And the way to do that is to make it entertaining and maybe make people click ads and all that kind of stuff. But that's all the ad said. That's all okay. the slide said was advertising as entertainment. Okay. The second one is video. That's all it says, video. And from what we can gather with everything that he's been talking about when it comes to videos, he really wants to compete with TikTok. He really wants to compete with YouTube. So I'm going to guess that there's going to be longer form videos that are going to be up and coming on Twitter. But again, he just really didn't explain it. Yeah. So I heard that one in, a, in another clip from him where he said, part of the $8 verification thing that they're going to start charging on a monthly mm -hmm. basis, it'll be put towards building up servers that can handle long form video. Okay. So, so like that's the plan with that. And then his plan for getting creators apparently was to offer a little bit of a higher percentage than YouTube does. Did you see Mr. Beast's comment? No, I didn't. What did he say? So he basically, Elon Musk was responding to Mr. Beast and like how he was talking about YouTube and ad spend and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Mr. Beast was just like, I would find it really, really hard for you to compete in this arena because this is how much YouTube gives creators. And I yeah. just don't see how you're going to get the funds to actually pay creators more than YouTube. Yeah. 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 Because that's what that was. Elon's whole plan was, oh, we'll pay them 10% more. That sounds great in a perfect world, but like, like, we'll see. Yeah, obviously. So that was another one. Encrypted DMs, which every single social media company basically has encrypted DMs. So this doesn't seem like that much of a big deal to me. But again, it is important. I just don't think it should have probably been in the pitch deck. Long form tweets. So people don't have to do their apologies in a screenshot of on a notes app. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to miss that. Um, so they can actually just put it as a long form tweet. I think he's trying to work on a thousand characters, I believe. Oh, wow. Which I like Twitter just being short form. Like I like the 240 characters. I think that's what makes Twitter so good and unique. I agree. It's kind of like how Vine used to be where you, that that constraint forces mm -hmm. creativity. Absolutely. It makes you think outside of the box. It makes you think in a very, I mean, obviously we always talk about how people have a shorter attention span and I'm sure <laughs> yeah. like the 240 is a little bit contributes to that. But I do like how short and concise and I still like threads. I love opening threads. I like seeing like the different topics that people explore on threads. So I'm just curious how well and how much people are actually going to use the long form tweets or even open them because I'm sure you're going to have to open them to see everything that the person's tweeting. 100%. The next one is the Twitter blue verification. As we all know, that first rollout crashed and burned because everybody was impersonating everybody and you could get a blue check and you got a blue check and you got a blue check. So they're relaunching that and they're actually relaunching that in a different way than before where some people, like anybody can get a blue check. So normal people and celebrities, you'll get a blue check. However, if you're a company or mm. if you are a government account, those will get different colored check marks. Okay. So gold check for companies, a gray check for government and a blue for individuals. So I actually kind of like this idea because then you can really see who you're actually chatting to because anybody mm. can say that they're anybody, but that little special color will let you know if it's actually the real company or the real brand or not. Yeah. That seems like a pretty decent solution. 
Yeah. And then the last one is payments. They're going to be trying to take, like, let people pay person to person, pay with an app, and then hopefully move that on to bills and like banking and all that kind of stuff. I still think that he's trying to make the everything app, but I just don't see like this grand vision that I'm sure he has, but I don't feel like he's stating it properly and exploring it enough for people to be like, oh yes, I get it. Like, I think this is great. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I saw, must've been the same video where I saw the, the other stuff, but he mentioned the fact that he had this big plan for where he wanted to take PayPal if they didn't sell it. Mm-hmm. And he said that no one's executed that plan. So he said he's just going to do that now with Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So but whatever that means, like, what is a plan? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm sure he's got a better vision than, than I do. But yeah, he, he seems like he has a plan in place. We'll see. But yeah, the pitch deck was just very, and I guess, like, who's to say it could have just been like a rush job because obviously people are wanting to burn him at the stake currently at Twitter and are just wanting answers and question, like answers to their questions that they have about what's happening there whatsoever. Mm. So this does feel very rushed. But I'm sure he has an idea of where he's going with it, but maybe he doesn't. And he's just like all of us just learning as he goes because that's life and we're all humans, baby. It's it. It's it. And this, is a little, this is kind of unrelated, but now that the company's not going to be public anymore, like do, do you just get cash for your shares? Because you're a shareholder, aren't you? I did. Okay. I got div- I'll get dividend money, which they okay. have already sent us emails about it. So Cool. Because yeah. okay. when I saw that, I was thinking about you. I'm like, oh no, we can't see shares. <laughs> oh no, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, too bad, so sad. It's all fine. Well, on to our big topic today, which is all the reasons, or our main reasons, we'll say, what, five, ten reasons why you should hire a social media manager. We have talked a little bit about it before, about how to and kind of where you should start looking, how you should hire people, how to onboard people. But one of the big questions that we get constantly here at Flick is, what's the reason? Like when and why? And there are a lot of reasons. 100%. Do you want to start or should I start? You can start. Well, my biggest one is that having someone who can operate and live in like the social space can really understand culture and tone a lot better mm-hmm. and especially specific to platform and if you're running a brand or a business it's so hard to do all of those things and then also have the time to understand how to communicate and and the thing is like we've talked about so many times where social can be very much all or nothing like you either hit or you miss i think that there's so much value in having someone who's just far more likely to hit than you are because they spend more time doing this absolutely i think that's a great point and to build on top of that these people when they're always online, they're checking the analytics. And I think Mm. somebody who can check your analytics and kind of keep track of exactly what's performing well for you, what time people are online, what all of your demographics are at. So where your followers are at in the world, what time they're online and actually actively engaging. You as a business owner don't have the time to do that. You have so many other things that you have to worry about that to think about one more thing of like analytics and should I post this content and what content works for me? Like just having somebody who can go in and check all that for you and then do the content for you is going to be a life changer. I also think people underestimate how much time goes into it because they only think of small parts of it and not really the mental bandwidth that it takes to do that small part. 
Yeah. Right. Like they're like, oh, it only takes a few seconds. It's like, really? Does it? Because there's <laughs> so many things that led up to those few seconds. So, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times that I've worked with people in the past who just think that my job or not even people I work with, just like friends in general who are like, oh, all you do is just post a press, video press and make live. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, it's fine. And that's all you have to do for your entire day. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you want me to break down every single thing that leads me into doing this and building the brand and all of that kind of stuff? It's just, it, there's so much more to it. Yeah, no, 100%. Couldn't agree more. And again, <laughs> we, we know this because we've, we've lived it. Yeah. Another big one for me is somebody who can handle like crisis management. Obviously, everybody's online right now. And if you tweet the wrong thing, if you accidentally say the wrong thing, you are going to have a crisis on your hands. And... I will give an example. A couple years ago, there was a company in St. Louis that tweeted something pretty negative, And it was like okay. actually embarrassing <laughs> what they tweeted. And the owner of the company was the one who tweeted it. It wasn't even their social media person. It oh, was wow. just the owner of the company was just like saying something, put it on the brand's actual Twitter account yeah, and not on his own personal account. Dang. And it just went everywhere. And like St. Louis is like a city, but it's like a small town feel. So everybody knew who this person was and it was just going nuts. But the thing is, their social media person came in and spun it in such a way to make it funny. And now it's just become like this joke. And everybody was like, oh, you don't want to be like them. Oh, you don't want this to happen to you. And they just did it in such a perfect way and they avoided the entire crisis. Dang, that's that's impressive. And so you need somebody on your team who knows how to do this, who knows how to kind of like make a joke out of something or to kind of pivot when you might have made a slight error or a my slight misstep when yeah. you're doing your social media. And that's like the perfect build off of the first point too because to know the culture is to know that that's possible and that yep. it can actually be a win. Whereas if a non-social media person would come in and be like, oh, we got to go damage control and it'd be so probably corporate and formal and make it almost worse. Yep, absolutely. Because we had a something called Lou Fest. It was our St. Louis festival. And basically there was like a huge thing that happened where they couldn't continue with the festival and they had to refund everybody their tickets. And it was like two days before the festival happened. Oh my Lord. And they could have done it and spun it in like a funny way. However, they went full corporate Mm. and everybody was just like bashing them online. And a couple weeks later, a friend of mine and I were just sitting around and we're like, we could have made this so funny. So funny. Yeah, you totally could have. And when you do self-deprecating humor, it makes it almost impossible for people to make fun of you. Like even in real life, when you do that, when you make fun of yourself first, like yeah. they, then they, they're like, they can't make fun of you. So yeah, I don't. That I wish you had that opportunity because that would have been awesome. Yeah. So if you have the opportunity to figure out a spin, you might be a great social media manager. There you go. <laughs> What's another one you've got? So the next one I will go to is the time that it can allow for you to put back into your own business. So I think I always say this for any business owner I ever consult with is that you should really only be doing the things that you are like your zone of genius, like your areas of excellence. And so if you now free up all the time that you were investing into all the logistics and things in the mental bandwidth, worrying about social, think of the the opportunity cost of that in terms of what you're not doing when you are doing that. And so when a lot of people think like, Oh, a social media manager is too expensive. 
are you thinking about the time that that's now saving you? And what's that time worth? Because that's also what you're getting when you're paying for this social media manager. So I think that the, the time freedom that you create for yourself is worth so, so much because you can put that all into your zone of genius. Yeah, because one of the biggest things when it comes to being a great social media manager is engagement. Mm. And a lot of obviously entrepreneurs, business owners, they don't have the time to actually open their account, respond to all the DMs, comment on people's posts, like anything like that to actually build your audience and build your community. Mm -hmm. And to have somebody who can completely take that away from you and do it for you and you save time elsewhere by, you know, working on your business and growing and scaling your business, that's so hugely important and it's just going to help you in the long term. 100%. I love it. Well, I was going to say engagement. So that's another one that obviously goes into what we had just talked about. But engagement is so incredibly vital when it comes to building your social media and having somebody on your team who can consistently and constantly be posting stories, who can be commenting on all the comments that you get under your post, who can be responding to DMs, who just reaches out to people, who Mm -hmm. talks to locals in your community and just grows your online presence, that will help your business and brand grow because people will start knowing you, will start recognizing your brand online. And that is one of the biggest reasons you should always hire somebody to do your social media because you just don't have the dang time. Mm -hmm. No, that's it. 100% is that you can't manufacture more time. You only have so much in a day. So you want to put it in the right spot. Absolutely. Okay, here's another, we can just go with like improved overall content strategy, right? Because Mm -hmm. again, they are probably going to have ideas and being in this world, they're seeing tons of other content and seeing maybe ideas that you could build upon for yourself that you would never have thought of just because you're not here, you're not spending the time consuming that content. And social listening is something that we've talked about so much in this podcast, but it's really just spending the time and seeing what people resonate with and then seeing how you can use that for yourself. So it's a massive advantage having that to maybe make a more robust content strategy that could allow you to reach different people that you never would have hit with your existing strategy. So I think more creative content and a more creative approach to creation is, is a huge opportunity. I have a question for you. So we talked about social listening before. So mm-hmm. in your experience, what is the best way to approach social listening? So I think really being cognitive about exactly what you're doing. So whenever I go on YouTube, I always, I just try to use YouTube like anybody else would. But before I actually make a commitment, I stop and say, why did I come to that commitment? And then I'll look at everything else and think, okay, was it the colors? Was it this? Was it this? And then try to break down the actual why. Not the fact that it worked, but the why behind that. And mm-hmm. you can take that approach to TikTok as well. And you can even get more sophisticated where you can basically get set up your FYP to to do it for you. Like if you make a new account or even if you just start interacting with very specific kinds of content that you know is your ideal audience, you're going to start seeing more and more of that content. And then you just look at the engagement and see like, okay, well, why did this resonate so deeply? And you're going to find a lot of common elements. And then those can kind of be your pillars that you use as a guideline to, okay, when I'm creating content, like these are things that people resonate with. So I'm going to try to use that again and again. And so much of social is saying the same thing in different ways. So when you realize like how to, something that really hits, you can say that same thing 10 different work 10 times. Like that's the thing. That's how I conduct social listening and the, the principles I follow. I love that. Another way that I have done it in the past is I like to follow specific hashtags. Mm. And I also like to search for competitors that are very similar to like the clients that I've worked with and kind of see how people are talking about these competitors or how they're even talking about us. Because if they're talking about us in a negative way, I'm going to try to figure out, okay, well, they don't like this. So how can I kind of 
approach it in a different way. Or if there's something that they do like, then I'm going to start posting about that thing that they like more and more. So always trying to keep tabs on what your audience thinks about Mm. you and thinks about your brand is so vital when it comes to just overall brand strategy, marketing strategy, and just building your platform. Yeah, that's brilliant. And and you can save so much time just going directly to the... to the source through the methods that Mackenzie just shared and, and understanding like the pain points and, and the desires of your ideal people is so vital. And, and to be able to speak their language, because if you can make content they're looking for, that's going to help you out a ton. But if you can make the content that they don't even know they're looking for yet, that can be yes. like what really, really pops. Yep. So we at Flick have done that quite a bit where we have talked with our audience members. We have actually interviewed people who use our services and, as we're interviewing them, we're like, oh, well, they just mentioned this. So we know that this is something that we can make and build and create on our own platform. So it'll be so important for them later on. And just that casualness of just kind of looking through what they're saying and picking little pieces. And like you said, just knowing exactly what those pain points are and how you can build something, create something, create content around what they're actually wanting. hundred percent. And because all a business is and all content is, is providing value and, and value is almost always like an alleviation of a pain point or a problem. So you're, you're, you're just solving problems. And so when you figure out what those are, it becomes a lot easier to solve them. And so you, yeah. you have to <laughs> have the conversation or if you don't have the audience to have the conversation yet, then go where it's already being had. Cause like, I'm certain it is. And again, just ask, ask questions. If you're not sure what they want, ask them because they will let you know. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, like, for example, of that in a shameless plug for you to follow our TikTok and Instagram is that we <laughs> like, we we reached out to our audience and said like, who wants to get roasted on, on Instagram in the name of getting better? And now I have a long list of people that I'm going to be roasting this week. So the, that's the thing. Like, if you pose the question, if you've built the audience, they're going to reply. So it's always a good idea. Yep, Absolutely. So those are our five top tips. They're pretty great. We definitely (laughs) recommend that you use them. But if I was going to take one personally, I would take the social listening because I think that is just a great tip and something that I don't think a lot of people think about when it comes to why they should hire a social media manager is because they don't, like we said, they don't have the time. Mm -hmm. And social media manager will have the time to actually dedicate to listening to what their audience wants and to figuring out what somebody might need from the business brand person that they're doing the social media for. 100%. I echo everything you said. (laughs) Ooh, okay. I like that. Well, this is a very short but sweet episode. Yeah, I guess. We just wanted to kind of touch point with you guys today. Just because we haven't heard from both me and Ben at the same time. It's been a it's been a hot minute, Ben. It's been too long, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, do we want to end it on somebody that you love? Yeah, let's do it up. So our, our shout out of the week or our feature of the week is uh, Gerard Perez. And so his handle is, at least on Instagram, it's at the Gerard, G-E-R-A-R-D-O, Gerardo Perez. Okay. I'm spelling this, I butchered that. So at the Gerardo Perez. So everything else I said was correct until then. He runs a TikTok ads agency. And so he is a big time fan of marketing and social media. So he does a lot of breakdowns of of brands who have done really, really cool things. So if you're looking for inspiration on how you can take your brand to the next level and then incorporate different strategies, he is a great follow. He's got over 300K on TikTok and about like 14K on Instagram. So he's a, you can follow him on either platform. I think he posts the same stuff, but uh, yeah, he's a great follow. 
So what is kind of like his general approach to TikTok advertising? So I would say his biggest thing that he does uniquely is his approach from a brand perspective. So he takes talks a lot about uh, unique ways that brands have been able to leverage social and maybe even doing like unorthodox things or taking advantage of, of trends in a clever way, like that kind of stuff. And it's always typically current stuff too. So it's definitely worth a follow. All right. I love it. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you got something out of it. Be sure to follow us over on Instagram at flick.social over on TikTok, where Ben will be soon roasting people's Instagram accounts at flick.social. Ben, do you want to highlight the YouTube? You should 100% be following our YouTube channel or subscribing to our channel because we post weekly free content there to help you do social better. And then we also have a bi-weekly social media news show. So a little bit of a breakdown of the stuff that we cover here in more depth. You can get a little bit in a fast, faster paced video style format on our YouTube channel as well. So definitely subscribe over there. Please do. And then if you don't have it already, please subscribe to our newsletter. It is Talk Social to Me. I will link that in the show notes as well. Sometimes I'm funny, sometimes I'm not. I had hate mail in the past and it's all fine. We're good. I'm I'm That rolling. shows that you actually are funny because if you're not if you're not pissing <laughs> someone off, it's not funny. That's true. I'm I'm getting thicker skin. It's all fine. I only cry once. All right. Well, thank you so much and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Peace.